Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. So this week's guest, we have Luke Thomas. Uh, Luke, maybe tell me uh, a little bit about yourself and the company you work for. Sure. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, my name's Luke Thomas. I'm a senior advisor at Solmar REI based in Los Angeles, California. Uh, I have 39 years of experience in real estate, uh, buying my first investment property in 1979, uh, then selling our construction company in the mid-80s, and then focusing in on brokerage, property management, mortgage banking, and working with investors with their self-directing individual retirement accounts since 1986. And I have about eight years' experience in corporate finance and venture capital. And then the company I work with, Solmar Real Estate Investments, is active in about 20 markets in the USA, primarily in the single-family and multifamily market space. Cool. So you said 20 markets. Uh, I don't know if I want to put you on the uh, put pressure on you to be able to rhyme those all off, but what what are your main markets then, or maybe list off the your favorite ones? Um. Cleveland, Columbus, Memphis, Birmingham, Huntsville, Jacksonville, Orlando, some other Florida markets. Um, you know, the, the big cities in Texas. Um, we're pretty much, for the most part, in, in terms of uh, activity, kind of like an L shape. So if you look at the map of the U.S. and take Cleveland and then go down to Houston, and then an L over to say Jacksonville. <laughs> that's kind of our <laughs> that's kind of our market, really. Uh, here in California, it's really an equity play, a buy, fix, and sell. The ROIs or the cap rates are just terrible, and the price price points are, are very high. And then you've got landlord laws and other things that kind of muddy up the water. So, so what what does the company primarily do then? Is that that that's the main focus? Yeah, the main focus is uh, buy, fix, rent, and sell to cash flow or turnkey investors that are looking for um, income. And um, in the single family and multifamily market space within the median price point range of their respective markets. So that kind of just runs with all those markets. So when we were like talking like on other conversations, you're sort of saying in like the half million mark. So is that like you wouldn't be buying single family homes for half million dollars, right? No, uh, we're we're typically when I say half a million, those are investors that are coming in and buying uh, some single family duplexes, triplexes, quads. Um, they just have that profile or makeup that you know they want to invest a. Five hundred thousand or or better. Okay, so they're sort of buying like a uh, a portfolio, like a whole a bunch of them at once. Uh, yes, you know, and, and the and the the ones that are not that experienced, they you know they they might be you know stock investors or you know something like that, and they're like, well, you know, we we kind of like to diversify, I'd like to get into real estate, have some rentals and so forth. Luke, what is the best way you think to go about it? And I've long advocated the, the pyramid fashion where, you know, get a nice base of SFRs, then some duplexes, then some triplexes, then some quads, then five to 36 unit, and then 37 to 100, something like that. For uh, somebody like me who's like a single family home investor, but I've been 
liquidating some of my Canadian properties because of uh, the high appreciation I've had in them. Uh, I'm starting to like dabble with the idea of going straight to a multifamily, just well, a lot of it just because I can afford it rather than buying a lot of single-family homes. What would be some of my uh, advantages to switching to multifamily? Well, um, you know, let less properties to contend with. So another aspect uh, of benefit in a multifamily is you may have one local property management company or one local property manager that is just going to one property for, you know, four, five, six, eight doors as opposed to driving all over town. He, and and he gets a little bit more intimate or familiar with that that property because obviously the contiguous units are all like kind in construction. Right. So yeah, and like kind, like a a lot of times you can have like the same doors, the same countertop, the same flooring. So you, if something breaks, you don't even have to necessarily go check out the unit first. You know that they're all the right, 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 right. There. Yeah, exactly. When I switch from evaluating single-family homes to go into multi-family homes, what, like, what are some of the differences? Like, instead of, am I still going to worry about the cash on cash, or what should I be looking at? First of all, I, I think it's always good to view a property from its cash on cash return. And if yeah. you're then, then if you're going to finance, you know, the, the cap rate or the actual return on your capital is, is even better. Uh, but it should buy, you should buy something that, that has a nice return cash on cash and um, I think most most of the benefits uh, from from multifamily in my opinion are just the having touched upon the things that we touched upon those those are really the key components and you know from a owner um, if you have financing you've got you know one one loan for five doors or six doors or you know whatever versus yeah six mortgages and you know, six doors <laughs> so all of those things you know when you when you get into building a portfolio all those things kind of add up you know because somebody's got to do the accounting work right and no matter who's doing it they have to be compensated somehow even if you're doing it you know and you're the entrepreneur and you're wearing all these hats well it's a slice out of your time allotment to to address those issues so that's another benefit of multifamily but i would still stick with the the approach of building you know in pyramid fashion you know there's some single families and um and and here's kind of the the flip side of that or a, another consideration i've had i've had investors come to me that you know not really been involved in real estate and they'd say something like uh, hey luke you know you referred to me by so and so and um, I, I just inherited $350,000 or something and, um, well, okay. And I want to invest in real estate. I, I want to buy an apartment building, you know, down in the South or something. And I'm like, well, you know, it's really better to build in this pyramid fashion. And I would go through the, the steps and the reasons why. And one inherent thing is that if you get too top heavy, with multifamily so you got one or two single families and then you have an eight unit um i consider that top heavy because yeah. you've got a lot of eggs in one basket there so if for whatever reason you need to you know drum up some money um mm -hmm. 
if you've got that pyramid fashion, you could just liquidate one or two SFRs or single family units versus in the, in the case of uh, the example given where this guy would have all of his eggs in one basket. If he ever needed money, well, he'd either have to get a loan or he would have to sell. And there's a lot more buyers for single family than there are for, let's say, an eight unit building. And then if you need to sell fast, typically the, the discount percentage is higher on a, um, on a multifamily as such to sell quickly. Do you, do you find that like uh, from multifamily compared to single family that like uh, a multifamily building will have to sit on the market longer in order to unload? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, all things considered, yes, because you know the the amount of buyers for an a, a bigger building as such or eight door building there's not as many buyers for those as there are for single family because the the investor psychology there's a lot of investors that you know would say well you know i'm okay buying a single family to start off with most investors don't start off in an in an eight unit building Right. They start off with a single family and they buy another one, this kind of thing. So so you have less buyers to sell to. And so therefore, to really get it to sell fast, you're probably selling to someone that's a little bit more seasoned investor and yep. you're, you're going to need to discount a little bit more. So I'm just saying from a safety standpoint, that pyramid structure to me over the 39 years that that I've been doing this stuff is just a lot of um, is just it just makes more sense. It's more stable. It's more secure. It's more methodical. And so, for the the exact reverse, is there like a, a disadvantage to this only having single family homes, having a really big base with no pyramid? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. We we've had yeah we've had. Um, Oh, a few years back, there was a real, real gold rush uh, in the U.S. Um, with hedge funds that just bought up literally tens of thousands of single-family homes. And they weren't really even messing with that much, uh, you know, from a percentage standpoint, that much in multifamily. They were just killing it on single-family. And single family gives gives you a little bit more, um, and this kind of harkens back to the seller, or excuse me, the buyer pool, is that depending upon the price point of the single family, you can exit to an owner-occupant. It doesn't have to stay a rental property. There was a lot of big money coming in and just buying up lots of houses. So, uh, And we're seeing that once again. There's another kind of wave going on, not so much the big hedge funds, uh, but a lot of people with money. I talked to a hedge fund manager this morning on the East Coast, and they're looking to, 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 to buy. Investors like the fundamentals of real estate, pure and simple. Yeah. And, and you know a lot of folks that that I speak with, they if they've been in the stock market for a long time or they're at retirement age or something like that, they they don't want to play that stock market game anymore. They like the mm -hmm. fundamentals. So they like the fundamentals of SFR. They like the fundamentals of a pyramid structure, and it can be long term 
um, cash flow and, and depending upon the market, possibly even some good appreciation. Uh, maybe let's talk uh, briefly just about the relationship between uh, value add to the property, cap rate, and the actual value of the property. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting topic. Uh, you know, the, the the value add, obviously, um, in fact, I was that, that same investor I was talking to this morning, uh, he was, uh, somebody had brought him a deal and uh, it was a self-storage deal. And he was sharing it with me and uh, the guy was talking about a 4.9 cap rate. And the, the guy that I was talking to, he says, that's that's crazy. But the, the broker, the real estate broker that was trying to sell him the deal was saying, well, you know, this self-storage, you know, the rents are low. You can, you know, increase the rents. Uh, there's the, a lot behind the, the buildings. You can add more units and everything. And so we both agree that that's not the intelligent way to look at it. You should. And here's the point. You should look at the the investment as is so if it makes yeah, sense exactly exactly value adds are just a you know icing on the cake or potential icing on the cake and uh once you get past the existing cash flow and all the numbers work out for you then you know look at the improvement basis and the return therewith uh in terms of you know cap rate um it's all over the place um I'm not sure if your question was with both or separate, uh, but you know the cap rates are are really just dependent upon um, the location of the property and what it's throwing off or what it's um, producing in in income on that cash on cash analysis we talked about. And yep. then the other major component is you know the borrower. Um, you know if you're buying it. Um, you know, what is your financing source and what kind of rates and terms are they offering and how does that correlate with you, the borrower, on your down payment, your credit score, and your debt-to-income ratios? And then that really kind of determines the rate, which is really the basis of how well your down payment um, performs or produces a particular cap rate. Yeah, I, I think that uh, for for a lot of folks, they 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 may get a little bit tied up in the in the cap rate. And I think if they stick to what is my cash on cash, then they go, hey, you know, this makes sense. So, and if you've got the cash, if you don't, that's a different story. Um, and I would make two points on on that while we're while we're talking about this approach to investments as it relates to single family or multifamily. But if you if yep. the approach is, hey, you know what, I can live with this uh, cash on cash return, but I'd like to leverage up. I'd like to bring in some financing and get a a higher return on my capital, you know, cap rate. Um, then. It makes sense, cash on cash. Let me go see what I can do. Gonna get a pre-approval, and and then once I get a you know a soft commitment from a lender, I can plug in those numbers to see what my cap rate is. Um, I think that's the most intelligent way to do it, whether you're SFR, you know, single family or multifamily, yep. and yep. hopefully you have the time. And then my second point is kind of where we are now. Uh, when I say we uh, in, in, in America here, is things are going very, very fast. So um, a lot of the investors that we deal with, they're just coming in with all cash. 
Uh, and a lot of the sellers only want to deal with all cash unless they've got a, a kind of a junky property and they're, they're just will take anybody, so to speak, and, and will wait for all of the financing logistics to, to, to happen in order to close. Uh, but my point is that sometimes, even if you get, get the, the pre-approval or the soft commitment uh, from the lender, Maybe a good idea to just go ahead and, and and pay the cash, get the asset, and then you know refinance cash out later. And there's some sources out there that allow uh, cash out in a few months period of time after you've seasoned the 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 rent. Is there any like sort of benchmarks of what you should expect for like a cash on cash for a multifamily? My biggest fear is to go buy some property that makes sense for me because it makes me the a 20% cash on cash or something. But then I'm in, I'm in a market where I, something changes in my life and I decide I want to sell this property and no one's going to buy it for the, the price that I bought it for. You know, that, that, that can be, I mean, uh, that, that can happen. I've seen it happen before. Uh, but, um, I'm not seeing it as much now. The, the, okay. the, 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 the current, the current climate and the current momentum in the U.S. market right now is really, really good. Uh, I, I don't want to get too political or anything like that, but we've recently had some ta tax cuts and, you know, things that have really been favorable to real estate. So it's really kind of notched up the demand. And that kind of ties into, you know, if you see a good deal, it makes sense, cash on cash, you'd like to finance it. But, you know, if you get you may have a seller that doesn't want to wait around for the financing uh, and all this kind of yeah. thing. Uh, just execute. You got the cash to do it. You can always refinance later and there's your cap rate and then go buy another one. But um, to your point, uh, we're seeing a lot of coverage. We're seeing a lot. The values all over the place are going up. So, um two things from that. Number one is not such a big worry. And then number two is, and I, I've kind of taught this over the years to loan officers and real estate agents and uh, investment counselors and so forth is, you know, if you, if you don't understand economics, get the heck out of finance and investments. So in other words, if, if you don't have a feel for the economics around the property in which you're buying, uh, example would be you look at a property, it looks good, cash flow, cash on cash. And you say, oh, it looks pretty good. You know, this property's in good condition. Got a nice uh, tenant credit package. You know, the tenant's fully vetted, good tenant. Um, all seems good. Well, wait a second. Are, are you looking at the economic fundamentals of the area around that asset or around that house or multifamily unit? You know, what's what's the jobs market? What direct? What's the trend line? And uh, that that'll kind of help you address the point you just made. You said at the start you were in 20 markets. Mm -hmm. um, what's your favorite? What, what if you had to like if you were gonna start into this? Do you have a favorite market that you like right now for multifamily? Uh, I don't know whether you know this or not, but uh, my wife and I traveled the, the deep south and the mid south for three years, uh, buying, fixing, renting, and selling single family and multifamily units. And through that experience, I met a lot of great people and began to understand different cultures and so forth and so on. And, you know, what, what drives the economies and so forth and so on. 
There's, there's certain markets that, and it depends what you want as an investor or what you're looking for, which just to your question, what, what I like, I mean, I, I've got a mixture of stuff. There's certain, there's certain um, markets that are just really great cash flow markets. They're not really, um, and historically have not seen great appreciation rates like a Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis is not a place where you put your money for appreciation. It but, is it is a great market for cash flow. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio is another one. Um, a lot of the cities in um, in in the Florida markets, you can see both. You can see good cash flow, and you can see good appreciation. The problem with a lot of those Florida markets now, they're really tightening tightening up. A lot of money going into Florida. So it's kind of like what we saw with Atlanta a few years back. You know, it was really great deals, and boy, the the demand just drove prices way high and ROIs yeah. down, and you know this kind of thing. So it from from purely you know what i what my favorite markets are purely from a, a finance or an investment standpoint um the, some of the same old markets you know the memphis the cleveland you know that type of thing um cool yeah before we go maybe uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about your company well uh i kind of gave an outline of um you know what we do and a little bit about myself and my experience and so forth uh, but if any of your listeners have any questions or we could be of any help, um, they can reach us at our website, Solmar, that's S-O-L-M-A-R-R-E-I.com, or they can call me at 1-866-947-2265. I'm at extension 808. Well, Luke, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I know you've given me plenty of your uh, time on the phone over the last year. But uh, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Glenn.